This is Season 5 of Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy. Listen, laugh, and learn. This week on the show, we will tell you about useless sports information. We'll take you for a spin for useless car information and bow, chicka, bow, wow, useless sex information. I love when you talk like that. Plus, Roy's useless facts, not related. I'll open up the mailbag, and in news from around the world, a man wraps his wife in plastic wrap. Totally useless information. It's everything you never needed to know. Welcome to episode number lucky number seven. What's wrong with wrapping your wife in plastic wrap? Just just saying. Listen, <laughs> wait till you find out what's going on and news from around the world later in the show. Pittsburgh is the only city in the U.S. where the sports team, all three sports teams, mm-hmm. the NLB, NHL, and NFL, baseball, hockey, football, they're the only city where they wear the same colors. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah they black and gold. Black, black and gold. Pittsburgh. Bruins. It, yeah, what's the baseball team? The Pirates. Pirates. There you go. See, I don't watch baseball, but <clears throat> no offense to anybody that does. Mm-hmm. But uh, <laughs> I'd say we're done. But but by the sixth inning, it's like. <laughs> okay. But anyway, um, yes, black and gold. The only team. The other teams all have different colors or, you know, whatever they they're yeah. not consistent. They wow. Have, they all had the same tailor. Black and gold, please. Black and gold. <laughs> Black and gold. <laughs> Canada was host to the only Summer Olympics in 1976 in Montreal. Calgary hosted the 1988 Winter Olympics and didn't win the gold medal as a host country. It wow. is the only host country to not win a gold medal. In 2010, however, Vancouver was hosted a Winter Games. Canada won more gold than any other country. Really? So in the Winter Games? In the Winter Games in 2010. Yeah, because you guys are all about the winter. You can't do anything in the summer. I mean, what, what do you do in Canada in the yeah, summer? Yeah, the skis don't work quite quite the same way in the summer. No, yeah, when the long-distance runner had a pair of snowshoes on, it was a little ridiculous. <laughs> it was a short-distance runner with yeah, snowshoes. Yeah. And in first place, with a time of one minute, two seconds. And in last place, with a time of 32 hours, the Canadian. <laughs> with the time of last June, okay. it's the Canadian. Folks, we don't tell each other what we're going to do. So but time to time, it's fun because we actually hit on each other's things in some bizarre manner. Uh-oh. But get ready for my fact. The Olympic flag rings. Oh, yeah. Nick talked about the Olympics. Look at that. Wow. The rings are a symbol of the world's countries. And then if you look at the flag itself, the rings cover the colors yellow, green, red, black, and blue. Those are every color of every flag that participates in the Olympics and every flag in the world. What do you think the most popular question at a bowling alley is? Um, I don't know. what. Do you have 10-pound balls? <laughs> and then, of course, the answer is, of, yes, and then, then they'll ask, is it difficult to walk? 
<laughs> Every second Saturday in August, it's no, national. but when I sit on your head, you'll understand. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> wow, how how violent! Every second Saturday in August, it's National Bowling Day. It's celebrated. Second. second Every second Saturday in August. Oh, okay. All right. We probably own the modern game of bowling to Germany. Oh, yeah, this is the, the bowling. When the ball rolling, it's the pins. Puts a little mustache on the pins. <laughs> <laughs> well, they were called Kegels. Kegels, like they're like batons. Now, Kegel, not like the... Wait, wait, wait. Kegels, like the exercise Kegel? Yeah. In fact, if you want, you can kill two birds with one stone. Sorry, Peter. You can actually do your Kegels. I, no, I'm sorry. You could hide two pins with one. But okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So you can actually do your Kegel exercises as you're throwing the ball down the, the yeah. bowling alley. I got a strike. <laughs> <laughs> the participants... <laughs> Who would place the nine pins at the end of the alley? Each person hey, would Nick, get your balls out of the gutter. <laughs> <laughs> wow! Woo. There you go. See the history of bowling right there. Each person had to roll a stone, and they they of course had to attempt to knock down the pins. If they knocked down all of the Kegel pins, their sins were forgiven. Oh, so this was like almost like a religious thing. Like remember we said in games. That most of the games had a religious twist to them. Yes. There you go. There, there you go. It. So we, we were way ahead of ourselves weeks ago. But hold on. Yeah, we are, we're, we're well. We are way ahead in useless information. That's us, Nick and Brian. Way useless. Way useless. Thank you. <laughs> now you're thinking. Wait a minute. Don't we have ten pin bowling? Yes. In 1841, Connecticut passed a law prohibiting nine pin bowling alleys. Mm-hmm. So some people said, "Well, I'm going to fix their wagons." Alleys added one pin to the lineup of nine, making ten pin, and ten pin bowling became a thing. Oh! Then instead of a rock, they threw a com- a rubber compound bowling ball, ten pounds or more. Up until then, players threw wooden balls, so they changed it to rubber, and now you have the modern game of ten pin bowling that we know and love today. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I I knew a girl that had a bunch of splinters from wooden balls. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> yeah, she was not even gonna not even gonna go there. No, you know? don't, don't, no. Take it out of your GPS. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the longest tennis match was in 2010 at Wimbledon, which is Wimbledon, not Wimbledon. I hate when people do that. It was John Eisner of the United States and Nick Mayotte of France. The match lasted, get ready. This is before the tiebreakers that they they couldn't do this. Yeah. 11 hours and five minutes, and it took three days to actually complete. Whoa. These guys would be passing out after four hours. You know, I mean, (laughs) come on. It's crazy. Bring a lunch. (laughs) That's crazy, right? 2010, Wimbledon, John Eisner. We talked about 10-pin bowling. There's a a thing. It's 5-pin bowling up here in Canada. In 1909, it has nothing to do with the exchange rate. It's not like, you know, five. Do you pay half? No, we don't pay half. No, we don't. In 1909, Thomas Ryan invented a game called five-pin bowling. He had five pins. Boy, this guy, man, he knew. He was a smart guy. He owned a Toronto bowling club here in Toronto, Ontario, where I am. Roy's down south in Florida. The five-pin bowling game was invented because his customers complained that the 10-pin bowling balls were too heavy. And difficult to really play. So the balls got smaller. So what he did was the bowling balls. Hold on. The bowling balls got smaller. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. These new balls were able to fit in one hand of a player. And you know what they say about the size of your hands. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's like the size of your feet, you know? It matches uh-huh. the size of your Kegel ball. <laughs> <laughs> the Kegel ball. There you go. Yeah, the old Kegel ball. Yeah. In 1972, the Dallas Cowboys shocked the football world. Oh. They hired a whole new squad, gave them all new uniforms. Okay. That's small it. Un- small uniforms be that. <laughs> It was 1972. They hired on a squad of cheerleaders, the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders. Before that, there were no cheerleaders in football. And I'm going to tell you this. Those outfits were small. (laughs) And I remember in 1972 looking at them and and looking at them and looking at them because I had the calendar. (laughs) right Right next to my farrah fawcett calendar (laughs) wow i don't know how many millions of farrah fawcett posters are out there boy she really let me tell you something too i started uh being very good at five pin bowling (laughs) (laughs) that's right their clothes might have been small but things grew yeah, they were like, wow, you're really good. You throw that Kegel ball really good. <laughs> it's like, well, it's all in the hands, you know. That's right. <laughs> She's got good hands. San Francisco baseball managers, the San Francisco Giants, Alvin mm-hmm. Dark declared that a man would land on the moon before his pitcher, Gaylord Perry, would hit a home run because he had one of those really flawed, really weird-looking swings. And he was a pitcher, right? So pitchers usually don't hit home runs. But you right. know what? After 547 plate appearances, Perry hit a home run. Boom. Well, guess what? Neil Armstrong and fellow astronaut Buzz Aldrin, allegedly, touched down in their module at 1.17 p.m. Because the baseball game began at 1 p.m., Perry mm. hit a home run in the third inning. But therefore, <laughs> a man did land on the moon before he hit a home run. So there you go. His manager was right. Holy cow. You're listening to Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy. Thank you very much for joining us. And we remind you every single episode to grab a pencil or a pen and a piece of paper because we have so much information that comes your way. By the end of it all, you'll be just as smart as you are useless. And go to nickandroy.com to listen to all the back episodes. I think there's like 80 now, Nick. More than that. Closer to 100, believe it or not. My goodness gracious. Nick has got some catching up to do. (laughs) Nickandroy.com. This is Totally Useless Vehicle Information with Nick, Meet Meet, and Roy. (laughs) (laughs) Notice you, you... You're meep meep and yeah. I'm vroom vroom. Yeah. I don't even want to go there no. psychologically. No. <laughs> so we all know that over in uh, jolly old England, mm-hmm. you, the yeah. uh, drivers drive their cars on the wrong side, ro- the other side of the road. <laughs> well, up here in Canada, we do drive on the right side of the road. That's what they tell me anyway. But, yeah. uh, but that wasn't you, always... Most people do, not you, Nick. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> not you, Nick. That's right. You, you, Nick. Yeah. Yeah. What, what's that bumper sticker? If you don't that like... Man, oh, mommy, that man has no Kegel ball. <laughs> <laughs> Pay no yeah, and he drives on the wrong side of the road. <laughs> I'm the one that they invented that bumper sticker. Remember that bumper sticker? If you don't like the way I drive, stay off the sidewalk. <laughs> so Canadians drive on the right side of the road, but it, that wasn't always the case. Before the Second World War, a Canadian territory is controlled by the French French, your favorite, 
The French. They drove on the right side of the road, but areas controlled by the English drove on the left. British Columbia and the Atlantic provinces out in the east switched to the right in the 1920s, except Newfoundland, who did not conform to the rest of Canada until 1947. Oh. Are there still cars that are on the wrong side? No, no. They're on the right. Well, they, I mean, I mean, well, the driver, the, you know, the driver, not necessarily the car. That would cause a lot of accident <laughs> problems. No, we have like regular, you know, we have Just the, going to get on the bloody freeway. Meet <laughs> <laughs> me. 75 percent of all Rolls Royces ever produced are still running and still on the road today. Really? It's such a prestigious car that nobody lets them die. It's it's literally really hard on the car when you think about it. <laughs> I bet it is. <laughs> like, bring out the paddles. <laughs> <laughs> no, but can you imagine 75% of every Rolls Royce ever produced is still on the road. That's really a testament to an amazing, amazing record. Exactly. It's worth every dollar. I think there's more Subarus, though. <laughs> Henry Ford came up with the phrase tune-up when he was working on his first automobile prototype. The first ignition system was made of spark plugs and ignition coils. As these coils worked, the way that these coils worked, rather, they would emit a buzzing sound. And if they were all working together correctly, they would all buzz at the same level and be quote, uh, in, in tune. tune. Oh, cool. If Write they, that down, folks. There's the right one. That's the one. They, they would be in tune. If they weren't working together, this meant the vehicle wasn't running at its best. And these coils needed to be adjusted or tuned up to make the car run better. Today, we still use, of course, the, the phrase tune up for auto maintenance and can help improve a car's engine performance, and maybe it'll still be on the road just like a Rolls Royce. And it's very optimistic when you think about it because they probably could have called it a tune-down. <laughs> That's right, depending mm -hmm. on who was singing. Yeah. yeah, there you go. When you think of, okay, ready, here we go now. Nick had the Ford, whatever. Uh -huh. When you think of the Ford Crown Victoria, Yeah. what do you think of? I think of two things. Queen Victoria. Cop cars yeah. and old people. <laughs> <laughs> him, him, I, him. Yeah, a prerequisite to buying it. Like if you went to a Ford deal, they'll be like, look, if you're under 87, you can't buy a Ford Crown Victoria, okay? <laughs> so, all right, but prerequisite is getting Social Security. Okay. <laughs> in 2011, the Crown Victoria, 2011, was the last car to come with what? One of these, what? Ding, 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 a glove ding, compartment a cassette player oh. until 2011 <laughs> we're talking old people here <laughs> they still had cassette players in 2011 2000 wait wait, wait never mind cassettes what about eight track tapes what are you talking about cassettes nick went out in like 93 or 92 how could they still have a cassette player in 2011 wow they probably have horses uh, pulling their their buggy. Yeah, yeah Ford will come out with the Crown Vic now and put an A-track in it. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so um, we have GPSs in our cars. Some of them are built into the system. Some, some GPS systems are on our phones. 
uh, GPS has made traveling easier for some motorists. Sometimes the GPS will take you off a dead-end road, and I've heard many stories where the GPS would take them somewhere and they go into a lake because mm. it was just wrong. But anyway, but not all the voices on the GPS. Yeah. Really, they, they don't resonate well with some drivers. BMW, in fact, had to recall its GPS models in Germany because drivers were dissatisfied with the GPS voice. And it was female, and it did not take directions. No, of course, and it probably got them lost anyway. <laughs> that's right, which is and why... Then, wait, wait, then when it got them lost, it yeah. blamed it on them. That's right. <laughs> you never stop to ask for directions. That's why we're in the predicament we're in. There you go. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, we well, know. They say, make a left over here, and you, you make the left. You get hopelessly lost, and they right. go, why didn't you just make a right? <laughs> <laughs> it's not okay. what they say it's their attitude i know i'm sorry this is beginning to sound one of those marriage therapy sessions we you love son of a crown vic no. <laughs> we love our wives very very much in switzerland yes where everything is chocolate mm, yummy <laughs> in switzerland it's illegal and you will be fined heavily if you do this after 11 p.m and it's not throw your kegel ball <laughs> hey, what you do with your Kegel ball is your business. If you do this after 11 p.m. in Schweiz, and I'll give you a hint in German, it has to do with, and I'll say it, mach die Tour auf. Honking your horn? No. Closing your door, slamming your car door. If you slam your car door, yeah, and neighbors can hear it, you will be fined. Really? Yeah, probably why all those German cars, the doors close real easily. <laughs> you know, you can just kind of like push them shut. Yeah, it's, it's like the, the kitchen drawer in your, in your kitchen has a nice soft so close to it. If you bring a Crown Vic over to Switzerland, you're getting in a lot of trouble because <laughs> that car right. you had to slam with a... So, after, so hold on, so after 11 p.m. you can't... So is it like some kind of noise ordinance or something? Is that what it is? Apparently, yes. After 11 p.m. you cannot slam your car door. You'll okay. be fine. But so this is I have a bone to pick with this one, not not with you, but with the people in Switzerland. Did you say is that where it was Switzerland? OK, um, yeah. what about those car alarms that go off in the middle of the night? Like, do they give them tickets too? in Switzerland? Nick, nobody robs anything in Switzerland. Oh, that's right. That's right. They're all neutral They're nice people. They're yeah. like, oh, I feel bad for the neighbor. Let's give him the car. <laughs> and some chocolate. They don't rob cars. They give cars away. That's right. Like, just when you get a car, when you get a car, when you right. get a car. <laughs> it's Swiss Miss Oprah. <laughs> Swiss Miss. That's right. And they're like, when you get a car, oh, you you get the cable ball. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Nice hands. Uh, NASCAR was actually created because of prohibition. Really? Moonshiners had to transport their beverages quickly without raising suspicion, which led to the creation of souped-up cars that were tuned up to outrun the highway patrol cars, probably Crown Vicks. They were the precursors to stock cars, which eventually led to stock car races of today. Oh, so because they souped up the car to go faster, and I guess that... That's right. They were After on the prohibition, run. they're like, we got these fast cars. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Exactly. We think we're so cool. 
with electric cars and everything. And let's not get into Tesla because if we get into that, we're we'll going to get do into a whole trouble. Show. Yeah, we'll get I'm into hatred for Elon Musk. But anyway, and by the way, do you know Elon Musk is a Canadian or was a Canadian? Yeah, I, I know that. So we yeah. we decided to take care of that. In 1900, mm-hmm. the year 1900, there were vehicles around, and people don't realize that that's, that's the case. Right. 38% of all cars on the road in 1900 were electric. 1900? Electric. Yeah, the electric car is an old, old thing. Once they invented the electric motor, everybody was trying to make electric cars. There you go. All right, see? Until they figured out about gas one night after eating a whole big thing of bean stew. <laughs> Classy. And this is a really bad segue, but you're listening to Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy. Oh, yeah. All about sex. Oh, yeah. And for those of you who are really uptight. The following segment of the Totally Useless Information podcast may be too sultry and too sexy for some listeners. Mm. Those of you with pent-up Kegel balls. <laughs> need that apply. Boy, you're really, you really love that Kegel ball, don't you? I'll tell you the truth. I'm going to go buy one. Right after the show, I'm going to run out and go yeah. in the sports store and go, excuse me, I'm looking for a really nice-sized Kegel ball that's in my hand. And by the way, too, can you split that, that set of pins in half for me? Yeah, they, I hope they, other people are enjoying it. <laughs> oh, we are. We definitely are. Oh, yeah. All right. So it's called Just the Tipsy. Just oh, the Tipsy. No. Oh, no. It comes in a bottle shape to fit its name. It's a fairly anatomical correct penis. Is Launched- it just the... the- the front portion of no, the... It, it is the anatomically correct penis. Launched oh. from Napa, mm-hmm. Just the Tipsy is betting that its customers will enjoy sipping sparkling rosé from a bottle in the form of the genitalia. Each bottle costs $37 and is available on the company's website. Mm-hmm. The project had been in the works for nearly two years, noting that According to its owner, it was he was surprised by how many winemakers in Napa were open to participating and selling these just the tipsy bottles of wine. The wine's flavor, by the way, is fairly simple. He described it as dry, crisp, with a long finish. <laughs> <laughs> just the tipsy. Wine, I don't want well, what's the name? It's called tipsy. Just <clears throat> the tipsy. Just the tipsy. Just the tipsy. Mm-hmm. And it's a a, a phallic wine bottle that are really popular at bridal showers. Ooh, you know what's nasty when you think about that? I hope it's corked and not a twister. <laughs> <laughs> I like to suck your cork. Yeah, exactly. Can I sniff the cork, please? <laughs> oh, come on now. <laughs> wow. You're listening to totally useless information with Nick and Roy. Wearing high heels can negatively affect a woman's orgasm really yes now a couple of things too it can do it put holes in the mattress <laughs> <laughs> wow no. but this they're talking about wearing them in general the height of the heel and the woman's arch create a pelvic contraction but because of the way they're launched forward from the heel 
So they're literally walking around every day with this pelvic um, contraction. And the muscle system involved is also the muscle system involved with an orgasm. So the muscle, if the muscle is always contracted, it doesn't contract as well when the woman is orgasming or get her to that point. So guys, if you want an easier night, find a woman in flats. (laughs) (laughs) Otherwise, find a woman with heels and expect to work a little bit harder. Just a little bit, yes. And get yourself a bottle of tipsy. <laughs> just just a little tipsy. It's yeah, in fact, get the- one bottle of tipsy and two Kegel balls and you're all <laughs> <laughs> And you're all set for the night. What a great it's a great setup for a Saturday night. Uh lower <laughs> now this is this is uh you know, we're doing sex here on totally useless information with Nick and Roy, but I'm gonna give you a little bit of medical advice. And we're not doctors, so don't take any advice from us. Lower cholesterol boosts sexual performance, according to some studies. If you're struggling in bed, chances are you've got your cholesterol level just, you know, on that high side. So you might want to go see your doctor. It may sound ridiculous, but high cholesterol, according to some studies, can actually lead to erectile dysfunction. According to a study undertaken by researchers at Rutgers University, Robert Wood Johnson Medical Center, uh, Medical School rather, People who take medication to lower their cholesterol can actually enjoy better sex eventually. Hmm. So So, lowering the cholesterol. That's right. The lower cholesterol, the higher the performance. The pudendal nerve, pudendal, Mm -hmm. P-U-D-E-N-D-A-L nerve, can be stimulated while sitting upright in a chair. I'm sitting. Oh, I was slouching. So go ahead. I'm. I'm up. Okay. I'm up so right it now. has to be the right position, which I'm assuming right now. Oh. oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that nerve stimulates, and that's for women. Oh. Okay. All right. <laughs> go ahead. Give it a try, Nick. No. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Woo. Yeah, that well, nerve stimulates the vagina, mm-hmm. clitoris, mm-hmm. and the anus. Okay then. Okay. I'm going into the furniture business. <laughs> <laughs> now, let me tell you a quick story. It's the trifecta. We, Go on. We had a salon. You know, yes. we had salons. Yes. And we had these um, pedicure chairs yeah. that were massage chairs. But we got these latest ones in that had like 35 different massage features on them. And one of them was this thing on the seat of it. Yeah. Needless to say, pedicures went up. <laughs> <laughs> not only did pedicures go up but something in that yeah. seat kept going up that's right and they all <laughs> yeah in the old you know but but anyway listen honestly th- this thing was women would say oh my can you shut that off because that thing is stimulating really and they all lit but, up a cigarette afterwards and people were wondering why people lit up a smoke after a pedicure yeah, and my chair was a little less because I have high cholesterol. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> and your chair was lowered to the ground. Here's some more advice, uh, guys. If you don't cuddle after sex, you can't satisfy your partner. Plain and simple. Women have been demanding for ages. But looks like men will still have to finally agree to cuddle their partners in bed after a rocking sex session. And that's all thanks to a University of Toronto study here in Toronto. You said that like a total senior citizen. You were like, do you want a crown, Vic? You were like, <laughs> what? You were like a rocking sex session. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's how what that's now, what I Now let's hear a song from The Who. <laughs> 
Come on. It, it, it's, listen, it's a Kegel rocking. It's a Kegel rock sex session. What? And it, it was a study done at the University of Toronto, which has proven that cuddling post-sex is just as important to a relationship mm-hmm. as it is the act of intercourse. And this satisfaction has everything to do with the release of oxytocin. Mm-hmm. Now, you're, you, know, you know something about oxytocin, apparently? Yes, when, when a woman is pregnant and she's not getting proper contractions, mm-hmm. they induce labor by giving her oxytocin. The oxytocin just dilates the woman and puts, sends her into um, labor. Well, not only that, but... Uh, this- and believe me, they did it to, to my wife when my son was born. And it doesn't just uh, induce labor. It induces a very nasty, horrible attitude as well. <laughs> <laughs> it's your fault. Look what you did to me. So you the, broke me. You broke me. So the release of oxytocin is produced when a couple indulges also in a lovemaking session and cuddling. So it all is beneficial. So guys, take some advice from a couple of guys, Roy, Nick and Roy, okay? Yeah, yeah from Cut. a couple, you know, hey. Yo. Hey, yo, we're the, we're, we're the ones who know all about the rock and sex sessions, man. Yeah, we have rock and sex sessions and we stimulate the old padoodle nerve. <laughs> With our Kegel balls. <laughs> it all ties together. You see how it all works on totally useless information with Nick and Ray. Uh, you know, online shopping has become the normal thing today in society. Yes. But did you know that all of the money spent online, if you figure it out, 50%, actually 51% is spent on sex sites really yes that includes all the money spent now i think the survey was done in like 2000 and like 18 or something so it may not be now as as because amazon is so large and with covid everybody shopped online but sex sites literally 50 percent. so half the people going online were going on saying hmm i need a new tv (laughs) and half were going on going i'd like to caress my kegel ball (laughs) (laughs) that's right (laughs) oh nice rabbit ear antennas (laughs) (laughs) so one might ask when is the best time to have sex what time when is nick when is the best time to have sex because one might ask i'm glad you asked 11.21 11.21 p.m. is exactly when women want sex. A- according to 2,300 people interviewed by sex toy brand Love Honey, mm. revealed that women most desire sex just before they go to sleep, with 11.21 p.m. being the optimum time. Should you set an alarm? Okay, but hold on. Here's a problem, though. Men's sexy time strikes more than... 15 hours earlier at 7.54 a.m. Oh, so we're more sexy in the morning. That's right. When only 11% of women crave it. Now, wait so, a second. This is this is a conundrum. Yes. Because if women crave sex at 11, whatever you 21 say. 21 p.m., yes. 11.21. Yes. That would mean that we would then satisfy them and still wake up at 7.15 wanting more. 7.54 Here's an addiction, and people are addicted to our website, which is triple, see what I did there, uh, triple W, Nick and Roy.com. And you're thinking, well, why would I want to go there? Well, you can go, like Roy suggested earlier. You can uh, go back to all of the many other episodes, a full library of episodes you can go back to. You can leave us an email. What's in the mailbag? 
John Phillips from Columbus, Ohio. We want to thank everyone listening in Columbus and the Bronx, New York, our old stomping grounds, Arizona, and also New Mexico and Britain. Hello to all the Brits and, of course, up here in Canada. Hello. Thanks for listening. John Phillips from Columbus, Ohio writes, Dear Nick and Roy, we love listening, laughing, and learning with you guys. See what he did there? He knew. He listened. He 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 plagiarized us, but go ahead. Okay. I thought, he goes, I thought. What a a Kegel ball. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, well, this is what he says. I thought my dad jokes were bad, but you guys take the cake. All right. I'm emailing you to tell you that I love baseball, and I think, Nick, you said you love baseball too, and I do. Roy doesn't. Anyway, I was wondering, why do they call the area where the pitchers warm up in the ballpark, why do they call it the bullpen? Mm. Well, John, first of all, thank you for going to nickandroy.com and leaving us an email. Uh, John, there are a couple of theories as to how the bullpen got its name. In the 1800s, a few innings after a game started, fans could get tickets at a lower price. So the cheap tickets came with a catch. See what I did there? See? Catch baseball? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, you had to stand That's in... a foul. <laughs> that was foul. <laughs> we use foul language. Yeah, what do, you, what do you call when one chicken talks to another? Foul language. Okay, thank you. <laughs> See, there's a, there's a dad joke for you. But cheap tickets came with a catch. You had to stand in a roped-off area off to the side of the field in foul territory. So the fans that were treated a bit like cattle in a pen. When this area became the spot where pitchers warmed up, once relievers became part of the game, the name stuck as bullpen. The other theory in the late 1800s is many stadiums featured giant Bull Durham tobacco ads. Because relievers warmed up behind the fence, the picture became associated with the Sorry, the picture became associated with the pitchers. Bull Durham tobacco ads, and therefore some people think that the the bull pen, and that's no bull. My second mailbag, because uh, we have two today, because we have so many, we figured let's let's give a couple. Jill from Hershey, Pennsylvania. Dear Nick and Roy, we love listening to your show. Thanks, Jill from Hershey, Pennsylvania. Two of our favorite parts of your show is when you do science, because we love the song that you play. So she's referring to the science jingle. Einstein was a moron. Newton was a jerk. Yeah, so she wanted to know, we live in Pennsylvania and referred to as Pennsylvanians. Mm. So give me some examples of how residents are referred to according to some of the states. So if you're from California, you're Californian, etc. If you're mm. from Florida, like Roy is, he's a Floridian. I'm from Toronto, so I'm a Torontonian. If you're from Indiana, you're referred to sometimes as a Hoosier. Mm-hmm. If you're from Chicago, you're in jail. Right. <laughs> <laughs> if you're from Massachusetts, you're a Bay Stater. And if you're from Connecticut, you're a nutmegger. No. That's what it says. The nutmeg state. There you go. So go to www.nickandroy.com and send us an email, nickandroy.com. And now for something completely useless. Okay, we need completely useless. One out of every 10 babies conceived in Europe. Really? Are conceived on a IKEA mattress. What? You heard me. Now, I don't know if you've been. Have you been to IKEA? Yes, several times. 
Yes, I kind of like IKEA. I don't know why. Maybe it's the Swedish meatballs or the uh, rather large Kegel bowls that they have. <laughs> no, 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 no. no, but um, it's the only store you can go to and eat in the store. So I kind of like it. Yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> I tried it at Macy's, but it really didn't work well. Yeah, they frowned upon that. Yeah, they didn't like that too much. They frowned upon my ham sandwich in the men's department. <laughs> ham and cheese, yeah. Yeah, I said to the guy, hey, watch out. I'm playing with my meat here. <laughs> wow. But anyway, one out of every 10 babies yes. conceived in Europe are conceived on beds purchased from Ikea. They are the most uncomfortable beds I've ever felt. But mm -hmm. yet in Europe, they are conceived. And that would make sense because they're so uncomfortable, you don't sleep, so you must have to do something else, and that would yeah. be sex. So there you go. Well, here's the other thing, though. Here's the other thing, because some people have a difficult time figuring out how to put together that bed. I consider that foreplay. Yeah. No, yeah. no, wait or a minute. Or five play or six play. No, even, <laughs> even, even worse than that. I would consider that birth control, because it takes you so long to put the bed together, you never get to sleep with each other. Yeah, exactly. And then when you do get in and the leg falls off. <laughs> I'm not talking about the bed. I'm talking about yours. There you go. And now for something completely useless. Bonus. Yeah. Bonus useless fact. Mm -hmm. American President Abraham Lincoln yeah. woke up in a sweat. His wife, Mary Todd Lincoln, yeah. asked, what's wrong, honey? And he, <laughs> what's wrong, Mr. President? No. Yeah. He said, I had the most terrible dream. We were at a show and I got assassinated. Someone shot me in the head. That was a few days before he went to Ford's theater and got shot in the head. Really? Yes, that he is a, a true fact. Write had, it down, folks. He had a premonition that he was going to get shot in the he head? He had a premonition dream. You just blew my mind. Wow. There you go. <laughs> You need that fact like a hole in the head. Exactly. <laughs> so today we talked about sports. We talked about cars. We talked about sex. We found out Abe Lincoln knew what was coming. It's time for the news. And now, from around the corner and around the world, this is TUI News. An Idaho man recaptured a Guinness World Record by actually men in Idaho, but go ahead. Yes. <laughs> there, there's the skies as potatoes. <laughs> Mr. Potato Head. An Idaho man, a.k.a. Mr. Potato Head, recaptured a Guinness World Record by covering his wife's body in plastic wrap in one minute and 2.44 seconds. She was most, maybe a big woman. David, well, did, <laughs> he wanted to keep her fresh. So he covered her in how much plastic wrap? Uh, hold on. Let's see here. David brushes his name. He has broken more than 150 records to promote STEM education. Originally set in 2019, he covered his wife in one minute and 57 seconds. Really? Yeah. Did he write the date on her with a Sharpie mark <laughs> and put her in the freezer? <laughs> He's like, she's been good in there for six months. I'm telling you, all I have to do is throw her out, and she's perfect. <laughs> That's right. right next to the chicken nuggets. Russ said it took nine rolls. Now, this is the answer to your question. It took nine rolls of plastic wrap to practice for their latest attempt. So it's not that he did it once. He kept practicing and practicing. 
practicing. He practiced, and this woman is, was probably asphyxiated by the time they got her. She's a little bit, don't worry, she's a little bit stiff, but she'll rap just perfect. So his, so his original record in 2019 was 1 minute and 57 seconds. They refined their technique and got it down to 1 minute and 2.44 seconds. 1 minute and 2.44 seconds. The reason was, while he was practicing, he said, you know what, something's missing. And the guy said, yeah, rap music. <laughs> That's right. He was listening to rap music as he rapped his. Wow. They, boom, 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 boom. I said, hotel, motel, rapper up again. Russ said that he, the challenges for the world record, including ensuring there were no gaps in the rapping job, because you don't want oh, a gap. Oh, yeah. yeah, you can't have gaps, you know. What was she wearing? Did she have clothes on or was she naked? It didn't say, but he ensured. That would be interesting. Now, that I kind of would like. It would kind of hurt if she, when he unwrapped her, though, if she wasn't wearing any clothing. No, not if he put her on, like, one of them lazy Susans. <laughs> <and then just laughs> but he set the world record. He made sure like, that oh, he. I forgot she has no clothes on. <laughs> Well, hold on. This is how this is how specific they were. He ensured that each arm and leg was individually wrapped. Oh, see, that's the <laughs> perfect thing. You know, you wouldn't want to wrap it just like that. You know, like tight, right? Because yeah. she might not breathe properly. Asked why he did this. Why he tried this? He said she was just clingy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, wow. wow. Yeah. So uh, if you want to go out and, and set the world record by uh, covering your significant so other. Nine, so he used a lot of nine rolls. I guess the, role, the, the, the thing is you probably have to go up to the neck because going past that would be illegal. Oh, that would be cruel. Yeah. <laughs> and, wow. Boy, oh, boy. Boy, did, boy, did the time fly. So speaking of <laughs> let's wrap this up. This is a wrap. This is totally useless information with Nick and Roy. We're going to scour the Internet and other sources to find out more useless information for you guys for next time. Until then, you tell everyone that you know to listen to this show. You tell them how great it is. And if you don't, we'll come and get you. And I'm in Florida. He's in Canada. So we can get you right in between. <laughs> and wrap you with Saran Wrap. I'm Nick. And I'm Roy. Thanks very much for listening. Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy is a production of NickAndRoy.com. Visit NickAndRoy.com to access the full library of episodes or wherever you get your podcasts.